And we are back with another episode of Boots the Podcast. And with us today is Junior Sam Kern. Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. No, this will be a good one. I mean, with your major and everything like that, this is going to be a great episode in a pandemic. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So you are from Slovenia, Slovenia Ohio, which is essentially a suburb of Toledo. Is that correct? Yep, it's like a little bit west of the downtown area. Okay, okay. And then, so how close are you to the border of Michigan? Mm, I think from my house, it's like just like five miles. It's not very far. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool, I guess. I imagine you spend a lot of time in both both states. Not really. <laughs> no. I hardly ever go north. Um okay. Very few times, uh, not very much family up there, uh, a few relatives, but otherwise we pretty much stick, uh, you know, Savannah down to Oxford is where I spend most of my time. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. They have that pretty cool, I think you're telling me about a music festival they have. Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, they have like, you know, uh, Faster Horses or something up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got uh, a thousand like, areas like small towns it's kind of like ohio um i went up to detroit a couple years ago for a concert and then um, otherwise i really don't go up to michigan all that much that's fair that's fair no it's, I mean, it makes sense i guess spend a lot of time in the toledo area yeah but like still a michigan fan over osu i'll throw that out there like between the michigan and osu mm-hmm. rivalry um like Toledo's kind of split on that. And so um, my brother goes to Michigan, so we support that. Um, and then OSU, everybody's like, oh, you're from Ohio, why don't you support them? I'm like, I mean, I'm a, you know, five minutes from the border in Michigan. And yet they're like, oh, that's not an excuse. And I still don't go up there enough to justify it as much as I, I try to do. But it's, it's cool, though. Um, I really like Michigan. And, you know, I really love Ohio. That's fair. Well, I mean, at least, you know, you have a good reason with your brother going to Michigan, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that only happened in, like, the past year or so. So, like, that was, like, my recent justification for it. It used to mm-hmm. be I just couldn't stand Ohio State winning all the time. So, like, I really <laughs> rooted for kind of the underdogs in it. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it is funny um, because now when people ask me why I'm a Michigan fan, that's what I say. But it was okay. not the case for many, many years. Well, at least now you have a solid justification to last you a, a last year lifetime. Yeah. As far as that goes. All right. So, you know, back in the water, I mean, you swim, you know, both breaststrokes being the 100 and mm-hmm. breaststroke as well as the 200 IM. Was that kind of like always the case? Like when you started swimming, like were you just instantly in the breaststroke or did that come over time? No, I mean, it was pretty much instant. I, I'd say like, middle school when I started going to like those JOs at Miami um you know we'd come down in the summer uh I'd swim the 100 long course breast 50 long course breast and eventually into the 200 long course breast but um I was pretty much a long course swimmer um in terms of competitiveness um up until about high school so like all my USA meets pretty much included long course I'd rarely go to a short course winter meet um I think I went to winter jails maybe once and then the summer jails like four or five times. So it was like drastically different um, in terms of that. And then once I got into short course, 
um, breaststroke definitely took off and became my main stroke more specifically. Cause I used to do like a little bit of backstroke, which is hard to believe. Like I, like when I was 14, I was decent at like, I did the two long course backstroke at the JOs and I, I think I did pretty decent in it. And then I swam like long course four IMs, long course two IMs. Um, and I've really strayed away from any other stroke besides breaststroke as soon as I hit high school. Cause I feel like that's a lot of age group swimmers is you just, you know, dip your toes and everything. And then once I hit high school, every single district meet, sectional meet, and, you know, state meet, it was 100 breaststroke, 2 IM. Um, sometimes I'd swim five free for the team at, like, some other competitions. Sometimes I'd swim something else. Um, but it really depends. Um, sometimes 100 fly. I don't know. But the only thing I've ever been successfully good at competing is 100 breaststroke, 200 breaststroke, 200 IM. Everything else was just a little side, little side show that I would do for fun. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, the nice thing is that, you I mean, you know what you're good at and you definitely uh, hone that craft in a day in and day out basis with our, with our breaststroke group. And we will <laughs> that group a little bit later. Um, so, I mean, Ohio is a you know, pretty large state, pretty populous. Uh, what is the swim scene like up in the Toledo area? Um, it's pretty competitive. So, um, my high school, which is Southview High School um, in Sylvania, we have, you know, two high schools, Northview, Southview. Um, both teams, uh, Northview and Southview, have had, like, good runs in the state from time to time, but not consistently a powerhouse. Um, the powerhouse in the local area for Toledo is typically St. Francis for the guys. Um, they pretty much, like, you know, show up at districts every year. They've won it, I think, 35 times in the, the Northwest District. It's been pretty dominant. Um, and then... For the girls, I don't know. The the powerhouse kind of like flip-flops. Like um, in the T2, Napoleon's really strong. Um, but for the girls, it's at least not as like for sure dominant in the swim world. But for guys, it's like St. Francis is like the St. X of the Cincinnati area in Toledo. Um, but, yeah, you know, going into like more so of like the general Ohio itself, like St. X dominates everybody. Um, so... There's, like, I think a rich culture of swimming in Ohio. Toledo is rich in and of itself, but I think you look at, like, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Columbus, you have, like, way more swimming compared to Toledo. I don't come from, like, a huge area of, like, collegiate swimmers, um, but, like, I think that's on the rise as well. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, you talked about the rise of college swimming, but, I, you know, obviously, before you got to college, you were doing – high school and club swimming. So from a club swimming standpoint, like how was your club team? Like how was that in like the area of like Northwest Ohio? I mean, you, you've met my club coach and high school coach. Um, he's a funny guy uh, <laughs> and he's been a great mentor growing up. And so I think club for me, club swim and high school swimming were almost interchangeable just because everybody I swam with on high school also swam club and everybody who swam club was swimming in high school. Um, Ohio has this culture where I know in some other states, the high school level isn't taken as seriously as the club level. But in Ohio, the high school level is more competitive than the club level. People get really into states. Going to Canada is huge. So um, I think how those like cultures like clashed was pretty cool. Um, and so I learned a lot at the club level in terms of like, you know, meeting new people. It, it didn't feel as much as a, um, a team aspect as I have gotten here in Miami though. Um, and that's something I value more here. I think I got a lot of good mentorship out of my head coach there, but 
Um, being at Miami, I think the the, dra- the drastic difference between college, high school, and club is just at every level. Like club, you feel, at least for me, club was definitely the least amount of like team aspect. It was about getting to those meets, competing, and just, you know, placing your own event. And, and maybe you had a relay and that was fun to have the team aspect. High school is a little bit different because you actually were scoring points. Um, and then college, it's, it's more than, you know, it's more than place. It becomes just beating the other team and it becomes way more of a team aspect. So the culture has changed over the years um, for swimming in my life. And I think, you know, the thing that stays consistent is like every time I have a mentor that like puts that all into perspective. So like in high school, Chris Mullenberg was my coach and he was all about, um, you know, have fun. Don't take this like time is the world. Um, and that was really great. And then when you get to college, it's like time isn't the world. It's beating the person next to you is the world. Um, and, you know, relaxing and having fun and being able to compete alongside the people you train with every day is really important. So um, that's, that's kind of how I see the culture changing um, in my life from club and high school. And um, I think all of that is really important. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And I know we definitely put an emphasis on, you know, beating the person next to you here. And you're right, I mean, the club mm-hmm. is all about achieving X time and they get the X meet. And it's of that in college with, you know, the Cisco Invitational now and with NCAAs and all of those meets. But I mean, you're right. I mean, our, our goal is to win a conference championship. And that means beating the guy next to you. And nine times out of 10, by doing that, you're going to have a fantastic time. Yeah, I think it's more about the race. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, you saw that last year, right? I mean, you made a you what max second team last mm-hmm. year. Uh, I mean, so you know, we'll talk about the max from your freshman and sophomore year a little bit later as well. Uh, so you studied public health and minor computer science. So I imagine that one-two punch over the last nine months has been pretty interesting to be you know, involved with them from an academic standpoint. So what has been the biggest changes for you from pre-pandemic to, you know, current pandemic as far as your studies have gone? Yeah, so like right before um, the pandemic hit, I was in a class called, um, it was just called Human Disease and Microorganisms. And it was basically talking about like a lot of different like, um, you know, pandemics and epidemics over the course of human history and what kind of like organisms were the cause of it and how like, we treated and overcame it as, you know, a nation or even internationally. And the thing that stuck out to me the most is that my professor um, mentioned about, you know, this coronavirus isn't too worrisome yet. Like we're in the midst of, you know, seeing it happen over in China, but it's not hitting us. And I don't think, you know, we're to be too concerned about it. And then, you know, two weeks later, we had just gotten done talking about, and that, and that happened end of January, um, right around the time, maybe we started, you know, thinking about canceling Xavier meet, um, because Xavier was worried about coming, even though we didn't have any cases, it turned out to be a fluke. And I think that was just kind of foreshadowing. But then two weeks later from that, um, we ended up having a, you know, class discussion, like a week long of lectures talking about, um, the Spanish influenza and, you know, the early 20th century when world war one happened. And it's crazy to like talk about that history and then look at what's happening now. And like, you know, that class kind of put a lot of things in perspective about how they even wore masks back then. They did like quarantine. They like literally took towns and nobody can enter towns. Um, 
So it was crazy to look at that. Um, and then, you know, I finished the class, we get through this whole summer of lockdowns and dealing with this pandemic, all of us doing it like either together or like bringing us out on our own. And then I'm taking classes um, now about like, you know, you know, things like how, how different populations are being affected and how different policies and um, promotion is being affected. So I took a couple classes this semester about that. I also took a couple classes about um, like genetics and human physiology about, you know, how things affect the body and like how these things, and we talk in every class, they try and like integrate these things because in my major, it's so important to talk about it. It's like, you're living what's going on. Cause I do the concentration of epidemiology. And so next semester I have to do a couple epidemiology classes, which is just going to absolutely tie into what we're talking about. And I'm interested to get towards that because then, you know, coronavirus isn't a new thing. I talked about it in my last class that I talked about earlier and I'll talk about it in this next class. This is just a new strain of it that's hitting people. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see how like we talk about that because the history of that is probably important to understanding this virus. Um, and so, you know, it's an interesting time to be involved with like, you know, the academics of public health. Um, I think it would be fascinating to see what would have happened if I would have been graduating and what kind of like employment opportunities for public health professions there are um, just because those things would be important. Um, I want to get more into the profession of healthcare and disease, but I think like, you know, globally, we're just going to see a more important, um, you know, light on public health. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm there with you and, you know, even with Miami, I think they've done, you know, but I think, right after you graduate, they're building a, you know, a brand new health science building is going to be built. And I'm sure they're going mm -hmm. to have a lot of emphasis on public health and epidemiology. I mean, I was a health science major myself, so I took epidemiology and yeah, I just, I only could imagine what it would be like to be a student right now in the field of public health and epidemiology. So that's pretty cool. So when you got like, when you were applying to Miami and you got into Miami, was public health like at the forefront, like you knew that's what you wanted to study or did that switch from something else prior to public health? No, I didn't really know what I wanted to study, but I did come in like declaring a major because I wanted, I knew I wanted to go into health sciences. I knew I wanted to go into either um, med school or PA school. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I came in majoring in biology um, and it's not that I struggled with it. I just struggled to find a passion for everything in it. Um, freshman year, it was interesting to take, you know, I took my general chemistries and I took my gen bios and then I moved on to ochem and cell bio. But I got to this point where I was like, you know, I only need to do a certain amount of prereqs and I've kind of hit and nailed like a lot of these prereqs. Like, is there other majors where I could be more interested in what I'm learning, but also get my graduate um, requirements done? So that's where I kind of moved into the public health and epidemiology stuff. Um, the computer science minor that I added on was just because I'm super interested in computers as well. Um, and, and coding is probably going to be a language of the future where it's just super important for you to know. Um, so that's why I kind of picked that one up. But no, I didn't know what I was going to study. And I think that it's not entirely um, important that you know that right away. Um, for anybody who's watching that's interested in coming to Miami, I think it's important to know that like, you know, you can figure it out. Um, took me a bit of time to figure that out. I just, I knew I didn't want to finish with biology because I was, <laughs> I did not care. I, I think public health is more humanistic side of biology. 
it, it, it applies to, you know, real life situations where I can't really talk about a house fly for four semesters and how that house fly is evolving. So, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing that it took me, I think a year and a half to learn is that, you know, what do I actually want to study? And then after school, where do I want to go to study more? Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously you found out why you want to switch major and it makes sense, right? You want to do something that's mm -hmm. more, has more human aspect to it than biology, which is pretty cool. And like you alluded to, you know, you talked about, you know, where you want to go after. How has that process been going for like studying grad schools and finding the right fit for you both academically and just from, you know, wanting to be there personally? So, yeah, I've been looking at grad schools and trying to figure out where I'm going to fit after college. Um, so I've kind of rolled out uh, a few things. So like I started off as like a pre-med major, but I want to go into um, family practice, mm -hmm. which um, med school overqualifies you for. I think like if I wanted to specialize in something, I would rather go to med school if I wanted to be a cardiologist or something like that, because that takes way more um, you know, education, you've got to get a higher degree. Um, being a PA is like getting your, your master's of healthcare. Um, and for something like family practice, where I feel like PAs would be very adequate in filling that gaping hole in the healthcare system where there's not a lot of doctors um, taking positions there, that's a good spot for PAs to fill. So I've looked at a lot of PA schools um, and the options there. So those require more um, graduate school uh, requirements, such as, you know, AMP one and two, which is anatomy and physiology, um, whereas med school doesn't require those, but it's recommended you do them. Um, yeah, but so I've looked at a lot of places in Ohio for PA school. I think there's like eight or nine schools, which is pretty fortunate because, you know, being an in-state graduate student helps you with your loans a lot. Um, I've also looked at MPH epidemiology programs because um, James McGuire's mom, who I've talked to, she works at the CDC. She's really tried to convince me like, hey, make sure you look into like these other options. Like, um, you know, epidemiology is a cool course of action. Like working at the CDC is awesome. Um, so I've been talking with her about like, um, and a lot of her colleagues about like what it's like to get your MPH and move into the world of disease and working at like local levels or either at the federal level at the CDC. So that's been a cool experience. And I've, I've taken a lot of this junior year to really figure out like, you know, networking with people, figuring out like, what they did with their lives and like where their paths took them to try and figure out like what might be best for me. I'm not fully decided on that. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the PA, but I would have to take, I think a gap year after college to like get some experience, either doing volunteer EMS or scribing and then working another job and moving on to um, PA school. So weighing my options, it's like a, you know, a four or five year plan, but um, it's kind of stressful to think about when you're a college student still. That's fair. That's fair. No, I mean, I, it is stressful, but I guess if there's mm -hmm. research for all that stuff, this is the time when we're supposed to, you know, stay inside and, you know, not be, have, you know, not have 18,000 things we have to do. So at least you have yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes I get onto like forums, like PA forums about people okay. trying to get accepted into grad school. Mm -hmm. And then you read about other people's like either successes or failures or like, you know, there are different paths getting into grad school and you're like, gosh, like I haven't, I haven't done that thing yet. Like, is that going to keep me out of grad school? So that like stresses me out too. Um, it's fair. But it's okay. Um, I think like, you know, in a few years, like I'll be like in the school that I want to go to and I'm not really worried about getting into somewhere, 
you know, I'm just worried about getting the things done to get there right now. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, so, you know, now I'm kind of trickling our way back uh, to the pool. You know, what, what made you decide to pursue swimming in the first place? Um, you know, I didn't really decide on wanting to be a collegiate swimmer until probably end of my junior year um, mm -hmm. is when I started reaching out to coaches and coaches started reaching out to me and I started, you know, having that process of talking to people. But, um, you know, swimming was the only sport I could do since I was in elementary school because I got a, like a blood clotting disease where like I wasn't allowed to do contact sports. So swimming became a really good option. Um, kept me fit, you know, couldn't dive out of the, you know, off the blocks for a couple of years because of the impact of it. But um, eventually it kind of just stuck. Um, I dropped baseball and, uh, you know, I've been swimming ever since. The passion led me to collegiate and I'll finish out my career here at Miami. Um, you know, I'll have swam since I was probably eight to 10 got serious around like 13 and then I'll finish it off when I'm 22 years old. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild how that works. You know, I mean, the, you know, you were eight years old, you know, 12 years ago and now mm -hmm. in the last three, <clears throat> it's going to be a weird transition to life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just all the, you know, <laughs> all the free time, like, you know, and I mean, even this past summer was a weird transition because like, it was like, what I'm not swimming for like months. Yeah, it was just weird. I was like, is this what it feels like to not have structure? I mean, it's a little different. You know, you'll have a job or you'll be in PA school and, you know, you'll mm -hmm. have social gatherings to attend, I'm sure. So a little bit different, but, you know, I, I can definitely relate to, you know, once it's done, it's a weird sensation that first couple of months for sure. Right. So you had said that you really didn't start looking – to swim collegiately until the end of your junior year. So even prior to that, was Miami still on like your radar? Yeah, I think after the end of my freshman year, um, <clears throat> we came down to Miami one time and I had met, um, I think I think it was Pete Lindsay and talked to him about Miami's program and he kind of made his pitch about it. And, you know, after my sophomore year, <clears throat> I had made some improvements in my time, it was the sophomore year. It was the first time I broke a minute in my hundred breast. And I was like, okay, maybe like we're going to be able to compete collegiately. I got to get better. And then my sophomore year, I went to 57. And then I reached out to Holly and started that conversation. Um, so Miami was always on the radar. I wanted to stay in state. Um, that was a big part of what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay close to home. I wanted to be affordable. And, you know, it's just like, <sighs> You know, in Michigan, you've got basically U of M for schools, um, and they're just they're just way too top tier. I didn't even and, and expensive. They don't really offer academic scholarships, so I didn't really look north. Um, I didn't really look anywhere east, and I I pretty much was like, okay, I'm gonna look in Ohio, um, and I'm thankful I did that because I think I ended up right where I needed to end up. Yeah, well, I mean, we're obviously really happy to have you. You know, both in the water and what you yeah. academically has been has been awesome. Uh, so, you know, you are in the breaststroke group, uh, you know, mm -hmm. tight knit group over there with, you know, with Noah and Tristan and, you know, the ladies with, you know, Anna Martin and Sarah and Sam Sutton and company. Uh, so how has it been training with Logo? No, right. You know, I've been together for these three years now. How has that mm -hmm. been him as a training partner? 
uh, with Noah. Um, Noah's been an intense training partner. Um, you know, a lot of days, um, you know, he, he can beat me up in a sprint practice. Um, but you put us in a long course two breast practice any day of the week. Um, you know, he'll be, you know, eating dust on those practices. So it just like depends. Like he's got a specialty of training. I've got a specialty of training. And um, it's just funny to see that difference. And then, you know, we'll move that training into the pool for some competing. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I can get close to him on a 200. Um, and it, it's fun to race him. I've never once felt like frustrated by the fact that I can't beat him. But, you know, I think, you know, through our collegiate career, I've gotten him at one meet in one event. And it was at Cleveland State in the two breaststroke. And he was like, dang it, like, I didn't even see you on that last 50. Um, but we, we have a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think the breaststroke group is great to train with. Baller is probably the most passionate trainer um, there is. He, he takes the grind like no other. He respects the grind. Um, and Tristan, he – He's also quick in those sprint practices and he also holds it like really well on the, the two breast practice, breast practices. Um, I do miss James in the two breast practices. Um, I would like him back, please. <laughs> He's always fun to have there. Um, and then we have uh, Brandon joining the group um, and he, he's great to train with too. He's right next to me. Um, and he's the, so we had, Tristan, he's a sophomore now, so he was the one breaststroker from his class. Brandon's the one breaststroker from his class. And then I was the one breaststroker from my class. But we, uh, we're about to lose a handful of them. Um, you know, we're about to lose a huge breaststroke class, which is, that's going to make me sad because, like you said, it's been breaststroke gang. We're tight-knit. Um, and we didn't really have anybody, you know, we lost Hutch before I even got there. Um, kind of Hutch graduated and I moved in. And at that point, it was just sophomores and freshmen in the breaststroke group. Um, and ever since I haven't lost anybody in that group, and I'm kind of sad that like that's about to happen. You know, I don't want to lose anybody in that group. It's been too fun. Yeah, I mean, you're right with uh, with Baller and McGuire and Noah. You know, obviously this is their last last campaign, last season here. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to have that upperclassman you know, just maturity and just, you know, you can talk to Brandon and Tristan and, you know, the new guys and girls coming in next year. And it's kind of just say like, Hey, like, you know, this is how we practice. This is how we train. And I think that's really cool that you have that with Brandon now and with Sarah now being a freshman, then you can kind of do that for one more, one more time next season. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get long course back and you'll show these, you know, <laughs> how to train two breaths on course. I've been okay without the two breast long course. Um, I've been okay without it. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but I just, you know. Next, I know it's coming. I know it's coming back. Next year, if it's, you know, if, we're, we, if we are back to somewhat normal, yeah, get ready. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'll be back. I'm sure I'll be back. Very cool. Uh, so, you know, some highlights from your first two years on the team. Obviously, your freshman year, you know, you guys – I don't want to say pull off an upset, but, you know, if you would ask 100 people who knew this men's conference well, the MAC, uh, they probably would have all voted Missouri State to win your freshman year. And you guys, you know, kind of come from nowhere and pull off the victory at home. So talk about that, 
three or four day meet that, you know, you guys have this great meet and end up winning the conference championship. Yeah. So like that first day, I remember taking the relays and that was amazing. Um, that was a great first night. And I think that kind of set it up. Um, and that whole meet was kind of a blur because it, it went by quick. And then the ending was so dramatic. Um, I remember jumping in the pool and then, you know, that second day hit, um, and we had the two IM where we had a lot of guys go quick. Um, we had bar hit third. We had Ray who, um, had a funny accident during his race. Um, he just went a little too hard on his breaststroke pullout, and everybody knows what happens during breaststroke pullout. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about it, but um, that that was funny. And then um, in the 500 free, we had some guys go quick, and then the 50 free, man, the sprinters they handle things on day one um, in that 50 free. So that kind of set us up for an insane day two and day three, or no, day three and day four. Um, you know, where the mid-D game kind of shows up. Um, so, obviously, we had um, some good performances in the 100 breaststroke, the, the backstrokes, and the flyers just absolutely dominated, um, which was great to see. And then um, on that last day, when we started closing things out, I think we went – I don't even know if we went into that day down. Um, we might have. But once we started going on the 200s, um, James Ray, uh, uh, James Ray and Jake Precious, um, their two backstrokes kind of set us up for a great meet because they, they, they popped off and then bar upset in the 200 breast. And then we had five guys dominate the A final and the two fly. And then that final relay, um, for the four free guys was crazy watch. Is it four free the last, I think it was four free. And they just, you know, went crazy. And after that race was over, you know, it was a blur from there. It was just crazy amount of excitement. Um, everybody chanting our year because that's what we had said all year. It was our year. And so we kind of took that to heart. We won it. And it was just an awesome meet. And being a freshman, it was cool to be a part of that. I, I definitely believe that. I believe, you know, coming in the door your freshman year, you have no idea what to expect. And then you guys, you know, run the table and want to meet at home in front of parents, mm -hmm. friends, family, alumni, uh, you know, the women's team. It was just really cool for you guys to yeah. have that experience. Uh, when did it hit you? Like, when did you, like, fully like, process or, like, understand it? Like, I am a Division One conference champion. Um, probably like, that's a good question. I don't really know. Um, cause we got like our shirts, we stood on the podium with the trophy. Um, we jumped in the water. Um, and then from there it was just, you know, straight excitement for, you know, weeks. Um, we started up in the fall the next year, we got our rings. Um, and that was cool. Um, I think it hit me probably around the time we were all in the pool and we started singing the fight song. Um, that was a lot of, that, that was probably when you're like, you know, we won this. That was exciting. We were watching everybody else leave the natatorium and we got to stay and celebrate at our home pool. So I think that's probably when it hit. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, obviously that's a really big highlight, uh, but what are some other highlights for you that just with your overall Miami experience through these first 
two and a half years, you know, whether that's in the water, outside the water, just anything that you want to talk about. I mean, highlights out of the water, you know, I've had a lot of great experiences. Um, I've got to my freshman year, I've gotten to uh, meet a lot of friends at Anderson. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I did enjoy having that year in the dorms. Um, and I think that's pretty unforgettable experience. I think a lot of people still remember like what it was like to live in those dorms. Moving to the sophomore year, you know, you get to, you know, experience a little bit more of the apartment life. Um, you kind of get your own room. You have to like make your own food. So that started handing you like, this is now when I have to start taking responsibility for more aspects of my life. Um, and also like during sophomore year, I started to like, you know, figure out myself academically, like where I want to take my life. And that was a big, you know, accomplishment for me because freshman year was stressful. I was like, what am I going to do after these four years of college? Um, and so that was important to me. And then um, my junior year was, has been, you know, exciting in terms of, you know, I've contact traced the whole time. So I've gotten to be a part of, you know, the Butler County um, response to the pandemic, which has been interesting. Um, and then I've also gotten to, you know, you know, learn to like swim and compete alongside this pandemic. You know, Miami invite was definitely interesting. Um, and then obviously we talked about freshman year max. That was a huge accomplishment. And then sophomore year max is, you know, definitely when I took a bigger role into breaststroke and I felt like I had a bigger accomplishment in, you know, my specific contribution to the team. So, um, you know, I've kept my grades up the whole time. That's been huge. Uh, I've been academic all Mac and I've been distinguished scholar athlete. I feel proud of those things because I've, you know, means I've accomplished everything I wanted to. I came here to accomplish academics. I came here to do swim. And, you know, I've also came here to accomplish some career goals. So I think I'm rounding everything out pretty well and I'm pretty excited about it, but, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what it'll be like my senior year when things will start to get more real. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, it, <laughs> college is great and fun. And then that senior year comes and you're like, wow, I really have to decide what I want to, <laughs> it seems like you have a pretty good idea of that. So kudos to you for being, ahead of the curve as far as that goes yeah so what like what are your goals for you and like for your last three semesters of college once again inside the pool and outside the pool so outside of it um it's pretty much just going to be you know maintaining a high cumulative um that's my ultimate goal uh this semester actually like i just had my last final going today and i I kind of looked at my phone and I was like, in disbelief, I was like, wow, I actually pulled off like a much better grade than I thought I was going to pull off because my final was just insanely good. And I was like, I don't know how that happens. So that was huge. And I don't like my team is just going up. So I think, you know, for my next three semesters, I'd like to see like one or two four O's mm -hmm. and then holding above three eights for any others. Um, every point I can get higher for grad school is important to me. And so that goal is going to, you know, stand high. Mm -hmm. um outside and, and at the same time like other outside goals are definitely like get research internships or just internships in general that can further progress my career towards healthcare and public health mm -hmm. um continuing contact tracing for as long as i can um it's a really cool gig i really enjoy the time i've done it even though like balancing school work and swim is pretty stressful um i'm handling it so it's been okay and then Inside the pool, I just want to break two minutes in this two breast, get top three in the two breast at conference. Um, the 100 breaststroke, I'd like to break 55. 
Uh, that's who I am. I'd like to get down to a 50 point. So, you know, I just want to do better than what I've done. Uh, anything, any improvements good. I think even if I do worse time-wise, if I do better point-wise, I'm happy. Um, but, you know, like you said earlier, better times scores better points. Like you see the improvements correlate. So those are my, in the pool goals. Awesome. I mean, that sounds, I mean, those are some great goals to have both outside and inside the pool and bringing it all together for your last three semesters. That's, that's great. You have those goals. Yeah. So, you know, so last but not least, you know, probably my favorite part is the, as uh, a rapid fire question. So, uh, you're uh, perfect to go. Yep. All right. First and foremost, who delivers a better dad joke, you or coach Jake? Mm, probably Jake because he like, definitely like hypes it up and then like he just disappoints some people with his jokes and it's that's what the that's what encompasses a dad joke it's like really nailing the like nobody's gonna laugh at this part of it it's just mm-hmm. and I love it I laugh because you know I love a dad joke so that's fair that's fair do you have one off the top of your head um the one I preached uh last summer was um did you know that an alligator can grow up to 16 feet long or 16 feet, and then I'd say, but most of them grow four. <laughs> and then people would be like, shut up. <laughs> They're like, you know, you know what's red and smells like blue paint? Blue paint. Red paint. Red paint, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. No, I said, you, know, I know. you and Jake go back and forth, and I've heard the legendary stories of you in the swim camp days, so, you know, Maybe we could see that again this summer. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, as far as places to eat in Oxford, what is your favorite? Mm, I love Skippers. Um, I love Bagel and Delis. Oh, what's my favorite, though? I don't want to answer with, like, all of Uptown because all of them are so good. My favorite place to eat, probably Skippers. I, li- I, like, I really like Skippers. Okay. All right. That's a good choice. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant, like, when you go back home? When I go back home, what's my favorite restaurant? Mm. Um, I like a sushi place called Kyoto Ka. I really mm-hmm. like getting sushi back home. And I'm kind of sad that Sushi Nara is no longer in Oxford. Because um, like, I have no like reliable place to go for like some good sushi. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll bring one back for your senior year. I know. They need to. They will. I'm sure they will. Uh, what is your most memorable breaststroke practice? The most memorable? There's a, there's a couple. I, there was one last October that was long course. And I know we talked earlier about how much like, oh, I don't want long course to come back. It's been pretty delightful without it. Um, but we did this set that was brutal. It had like six 100s breaststroke and then three 200s breaststroke and then two 300s breaststroke. And they were like pretty much all best average. Um, <laughs> And the two 300s at the end were just I, – I remember talking to Hannah about how my toes were super numb and I couldn't feel my fingers because, mm-hmm. like, that day the air quality was bad too. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was rough. Uh, <laughs> another one would be training trip from that same year where we did uh, a bunch of 200s at the end. It was, like, three 200s best average, and that one killed me. But anything long course breaststroke is what – is memorable about it that's fair that's fair uh and then last but not least 
you're coming to practice Saturday morning. Uh, which would you rather see on the whiteboard, 850s or 6-1s? 850s. Okay. 6-1s is really tough. 6-1s <laughs> hurt because with 850s, I know it's more yardage, but, mm-hmm. like, you build into, like, the difficulty of it. With 6-1s, mm-hmm. you, like – the first one feels pretty good. And then by the sixth one, it's like almost getting embarrassingly painful because like you're trying to go all out, but like mm-hmm. you're not hitting it. Like I can handle six ones a lot better, I think, um, than some other people because like I have pretty good endurance. Like I'm known for being able to just keep going on some stuff. Mm-hmm. But as I've gone throughout the years, I've felt like I've slowly lost some of that. Uh, like, I don't know, end of the, the practice engine. Like I'm becoming a, I'm becoming a better racer, but training wise, like, I used to be so good at and, like, consistent at just holding a specific fast pace. Um, mm. So, 850s at this point, yeah. Because in the first six, I can just rip them, and the last two can hurt all they want, but then I'm done. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Awesome. Yeah. Sam, well, thank you for taking the time out of your life and busy schedule to join us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and, you know, have a wonderful holiday with your family. Thank you. Have a, you know, great holiday yourself. Thank you.